Hello and welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction and where I suggest huge books and barely finish the assignment like I was in high school. <laughs> I'm Adam. I am Sean. And I'm Mike. For this cast, we're talking about Cory Doctorow's Walk Away, our second cyberpunk novel and possibly our first with an optimistic ending. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it. But first, if you haven't noticed yet, we're on YouTube. Not our faces. No one would tune in to see this mug of mine that only a mother could love. No. But our voices and some pretty cool video. If you haven't yet, check us out. We're at Nerds of the Old Republic, like we are everywhere. And if cyberpunk isn't your thing, I'm sorry. I picked this theme this month, so that's what you're getting. I mean, you get what you pay for, and I haven't received your Venmo, so there. <laughs> Seriously. Feel free to Venmo us, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, seriously, next is the groundbreaking, life-changing 1988 anime film Akira by Kachiro Otomo. I have practiced that so much more than I did for Shixin's Lou's three-body problem. Yeah, I felt that. Thank nice you. Work. Thank nice you. Nice work. Uh, if you don't want... I don't want to give too much away, but it's pretty much Stranger Things, Tokyo. Uh, if you're... Just not that kind of nerd. Sean's already disagreeing with me. No, Fine. no, I'm trying to think about it. Okay. I'm putting it in my headspace. Okay. It works. Okay. Uh, if you're not that kind of nerd, that's cool. Just go check out some of our back catalog. We've got some hard sci-fi and Shixin's Lose three-body problem. Some fantasy in the similar... Fucking son of a gun. <laughs> I was on a roll. Always that one. On a roll. Silmarillion. I told you it's pronounced Silmarillion. Oh, thank you. Silmarillion. Uh, you know, by Tolkien, and uh, something in between with the much denigrated city we became by the usually stellar N.K. Jemisin. Wait a minute, why the hell are you bring that one up? Yeah, because I, mean, I want them to listen to everything. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Every single cast. Well, listen to that one. Uh, <clears throat> if you also don't like that book, if you mm -hmm. are a big fan of N.K. Jemisin, listen to it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you got any problems with that, you know where to find us. Yeah. <laughs> I only say that because they don't know where to Because they don't us. actually. Yeah. yeah. Is Was that Watermelon Slushy Night? That, no. No, no, no. no. What, watermelon we, Slushy Night was we Stephen King, right? And yeah, that was... Uh, Joe Hill. Was oh, Joe yeah, we needed more of that. And Ex Machina. That was a prolific night to end yeah. season yeah. two. Speaking of back catalog, Ex Machina is one yeah. of our most downloaded episodes. So, you know, the crowd and people are never wrong, y'all. You should right. go listen to it. It's fucking good. Dude, yeah. can I put in a plug while we're doing this please. for jujitsu? Please listen. Oh, <laughs> please listen. That's another episode style we should do is a live watch of a show Holy together. Fuck. That is not one of our best downloaded episodes because no. nobody's fucking seen that movie. But listen, the movie is garbage. <laughs> the podcast is fucking amazing. Yeah, it was it transcends the movie. Oh, for sure. You know what? I really, I really just wish we had a piano so I could just shout like, "Get off my piano!" <laughs> I see you're sitting in my favorite chair. I knew you'd find it comfortable. <laughs> I'm a poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. Yes, oh I think God. we've hit all of our favorite quotes from that movie already. <laughs> and you know what, Nick Cage, if you're listening, because I know you're a friend of the cast officially, <laughs> we deserve like some of the royalties that you're earning because Damn. I know that that movie was watched nine times. We're three of those times, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yes, Let's go. Yeah, stop canceling on us. Like, right. We're supposed to be on this show like three times. <sighs> Don't know. you get it? He's your father. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Well, I mean, in Nick Cage's uh, defense, the first time he got uh, double booked with Snoop. 
Mm. So oh, like, and then we accidentally right, canceled yeah. on both of them because we had forgotten. Yeah, who that's was the only coming. reason they weren't on the Is show. Is that the time we shuffled Sean Connery out of here too? Yeah. 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 Well, Sean Connery kind of flaked on us. Yeah. So he's still alive, right? Sir Sean, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I mean, I could probably whip up good chatbot GPT version of it. <laughs> I was just uh, reading something about the Highlander for whatever reason because it was on TV, and I'm like, the Highlander would be a great cast to do. And I'm like, Sean Connery. He was in The Highlander. I forgot about that. Speaking of 90s nerdgasms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, join us. Actually. Ooh, join us you. in two weeks when uh, old <laughs> friend of the show, Bill Murray, will be on again. Yeah. 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 If you missed him the first time, you missed a hell of a show. And he actually asked us to pull the audio. So it's really just the three of us pretending Bill Murray's in the room with us. I know. He just doesn't want to be. Uh, he's shy. He's shy on okay. the cast. Yeah. Know. Well, he yeah, knows when he's upstage. Yeah. Feel like. I that's think. true. Hey, guys, you want to talk about what we're drinking right now? Because I am friggin' stoked for it. Yeah, so uh, we doing Irish coffees. That's the main beverage. We're doing Irish coffees, which we're calling Irish coffeeum, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. coffeeum is something that they drink and walk away numerous times. I assume it's some sort of futuri- futuristic synthetic coffee or some shit. It was a synthetic coffee <laughs> that was doped with some extra um, chemicals, okay, so that it like it kept you going like meth, but you didn't want to eat your friend's face. Yeah. Well, that's good. That, yeah. That's good. All right. So we because are... Because regular coffee was so hard to get. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. So we're having Irish coffee, um, uh, which means that there will probably be no face eating on the episode tonight. I didn't plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, not going to make any guarantees. Right? I, that's yeah. Good. I mean, uh, all emphasis on the word probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the Irish whiskey we're using here is the gorgeously named Writer's Tears. Um, so we're going to do a little tasting of that first so we can talk about the whiskey uh, and then dive back into the Irish coffee. Is there one more tasting glass floating around here somewhere, gentlemen? There's, there's, yeah, it was over by uh, Sean's mug. I was hiding it in plain sight. Mm, not a movie we should talk about. <laughs> oh, God. <yeah. laughs> Wasn't that one of the bald right. ones? One it of the was. lesser bald ones? Sean, you want to distribute those? It was the fifth bald one. Oh, there's, there's, oh, somebody no, burned the know. nest. I made, I made that up. <laughs> All right. I have to tell you, um, I, I told the gents of the cast this audience that I got a three-pack of Writer's Tears airplane bottles when I finished writing my novel, and I didn't know what the message they were trying to send me there was. Like, <laughs> sorry about your work for the yeah. last five years? Or I think it's positive. I think it's I like think so. blood, sweat, and tears. That, know, yes. Into it, so. hmm. Yes. It's got a really interesting nose. It's like a sweet finish yeah. to the yeah. To the it's scent. A bit floral on the nose. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was gonna say a little peaty too. Yeah, my my yeah. nose is not to be trusted ever. There's a, a bit of the wee bit of peat. A wee bit of peat, man. The bog man. Hmm. Right. A little up. floral, a little citrus, definitely. Yeah, some vanilla. Irish whiskey is, uh, you know, definitely one of the smoother, lighter whiskeys in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely got the citrus and the vanilla right mm. off the bat from the yeah. sip. Oh wow! I like that. Smooth, right? That is really... Is this blended or... Um, it does not say blended on the bottle. Interesting. A unique vatting of single pot still and single malt Irish whiskey. Uh, triple distilled for extra smoothness. There you go. Aged and matured to perfection in... Oh, here you go. You said you said the peatiness, right? Mm-hmm, Which is mm-hmm. typically uh, what happens when you use flame-charred bourbon barrels distilled Ooh. entirely of barley and traditional Irish copper pot stills. Flame-charred bourbon barrels. That's the cool part right there. That's the Flame part that charred, I'm attracted yeah. to, in addition to the name Writer's Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, very smooth. Yeah. Very smooth. Yeah, yeah, really it is. A lot of vanilla, a lot of, a little bit of uh, you know brown sugar, maybe a little, I don't know if that's butterscotch or caramel. 
I would say more caramel. Yeah. Because usually caramel. when I taste butterscotch, I'm turned off right away, but I don't. <laughs> but you're not turned I'm off not. right now. In fact, you're quite aroused right now. Speaking of food, do we want to have our sips of the coffee now that we've had the writer's tears? Or do we want to see this basically, I don't know, bag of food you would buy when you're high at bag Wegmans? Of food. Bag of food. Bag of food. Very bag of line. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious too. So Adam, I'm gonna, we're going to let you direct our sales here. Sure. So... We really struggled to come up with a, a food on the, the group chat for this cast. Um, usually we buy food for two casts one and one night. And, you know, we're doing our second cast of Kira after this, as I said earlier. Um, so they're both set in sort of, well, they're both set in either, um, you know, Neo Tokyo for Akira and Walkaway set in Canada. But it's got a lot of like Asian vibe to it. They do a lot like the onsen I yeah. tend to think of. So I grabbed as much um japanese snack from our local wegmans as i could possibly find and i grabbed the biggest variety of random shit because <laughs> uh not only do like the walkaways they'll try anything so i figured let's try anything yeah. at least once right. right so uh i have some standard stuff that i know all like this is nico's big choco sticks <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> dip their peanut uh, experience the taste of real roasted peanuts in your choco stick. Ooh, damn. Right? Apparently a cult favorite in Japan. So if you're looking for your sweet, I got that you there. seems like it would go well with coffee. I think yeah. so. It, it's Dip like right Japanese biscotti. <laughs> this, I'm fucking stoked to try, and it definitely screams walkway to me. It's Meiji Choco Rooms, sweet and crispy, milk and dark combination with a crispy cracker, Chocolate-covered mar- uh, mushrooms. Oh, those look like, oh, oh, like butt plugs or penises or something. <laughs> you do you, whichever, right? Whatever floats it's your boat. It's a chocolate suppository. I'm not actually sure if they're mushroom-flavored, but they appeal to my senses. So there's nice. that. Yes. We got a small bag of that. Those are fucking sweet, dude. Oh, it, get, it gets better. Uh, standard wasabi-flavored peas. These are one of my fa- actual Damn. favorite snacks. Like, just I could pound this whole thing myself and then... Like, you won't. No, I won't. Mm, He's just gonna drink that thing like a glass. Honestly, it's one. It's at least a pound, maybe a pound and a half of wasabi peas. Nice. And I could finish that off in two days, and no one would want to. Tune into our spinoff channel. Adam eats. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) it's an ASMR channel. Yeah, I'm sorry if that's not your thing. Adam just crunching and chewing and slobbering. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, shrimp chips. Oh my god, shrimp chips, original flavor. Shrimp chips. Yeah, man. Kalbi Kalbi Shrimp Chips, the original Japanese crunchy shrimp snack for more than 50 years, has become an American favorite, too. What the fuck are we going to do? Uh, That's what it says. And they had five flavors. I didn't buy all five. I just bought one. What were the other flavors? Uh, So this is original. One was uh, shrimp tempura. One was sea salt. One was wasabi, but we already had the wasabi. And I wasn't, Ah, I'm I'm not negotiating on the wasabi cheese. Shrimp (laughs) chips. I didn't know this shit existed. Is anybody else getting vibes of that one Simpsons episode when they had Mr. Sparkle? Oh, I don't know that one well enough. It's one where like they find this box in a landfill Mm. of like detergent and it looks like Homer. And mm-hmm. it's called Mr. Sparkle, and it's from Japan. Oh, I vaguely do remember <laughs> okay. that. And yes. they go to Japan. Yeah. I'm getting vibes of that right now and all this stuff. <laughs> well, you're going to love this next one. How about Marine Boy? We got some <laughs> Marine Boy that? goldfish crackers from oh, Japan. Oh, my God. We got to take pictures of this shit. Yes, for we the, do. For the Adam, what, uh, may I ask which grocery sure. store you were in? This is Wegmans. Really? Wegmans Asian Isle. Right. All credit to Wegmans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you were going to go to like the Asian supermarket or something. <laughs> I... 
I thought about it, but what I have experienced in like the specialty markets is you get more of the things that don't have English on them. And mm. I wanted, to, I wanted to at least be edible for most of it. Yeah. Like these are seaweed flavored. Ooh, I'm glad you didn't bring a freeze dried squid or something that we'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's no freeze-dried squid in there. There's not. There's not. Next up. Yep. Next. Do we have vending machine candies <laughs> put, in there? I almost bought... They had a shit ton of weirdo candy, but I was like, <laughs> you've already spent $30. You should probably pump the brakes on the random food. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Seaweed snacks, wasabi-flavored sea- oh seaweed crackers. There's, shit, dude. You, there's, uh, we're still going here. What the fuck? Damn, I, man. I, honestly, I could buy random shit and have a just a ball. Sea salt flavored seaweed, which sounds redundant, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Little sea bit. salt flavored seaweed. seaweed is snacks. that a tongue twister? Okay. Yes, it is. Actually, sea salt flavored seaweed. She, she sells sea salt. <laughs> she sells sea salt flavored seaweed snacks by the seashore. Oh, nice. But I can't say shicks and loose, so fuck me. Ah, it's a no, quick it's test. So early in this. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a quick test of how many Irish coffeeums you've had. Indeed. Sea and salt flavored. Nah, I've had too many. You're fine. Too many You're Irish coffee. You're hosting. You don't have to coffee. Coffee. I don't even finish rolling off your tongue now. At this coffee. Point, too. Coffee. Yum. And the last thing I don't have in front of me because it's in the freezer is the the mochi no. ice cream snacks, which are um, uh, dough. They're like ice cream dumplings. There's a little bit of ice cream in it. And nice. Then, Tastes um, like some plain dough. dough. It. <laughs> I mean, they might. I don't know. I bought the sea salt and caramel ones. That so was the see. tasting note he gave us. That they're yeah. like dough, and then there was just a pause. <laughs> <laughs> they're like. Uncooked dough. Do you guys ever eat like raw dough? (laughs) (laughs) That's what these are. We should break those out at the end of this cast as a sort of dessert. Sure. So, what do you guys want to start with? Oh man, dealer's choice. Where you at here? Do you have anything wasabi flavored or (laughs) no? I didn't buy wasabi. Anything extra salty? All right. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for these butt plug penis shaped (laughs) choco shrooms here, which. They are not edibles in that sense of the word. Yeah. They're they still are, edible, though. I, I hope they're edible. We'll we'll see. Have to put I, I, I got to try the... Oh. I don't know. <laughs> if she, I mean, I'm not judging. You do you. <laughs> I almost let that go, and then I just... Should I just like, no. make the sound of my belt opening in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I have put to try... Uh, I got to go with the wasabi-flavored peas because you endorsed it highly. So. You've never had? I don't believe I have. Oh, no, I you're, love you're that. getting on top of Adam's... Yeah. Uh, like desire to chug that whole can. I'm You're gonna fine. have a few You're fine. for that reason because <laughs> I don't feel like I will they're gonna last very long. The next day, Ooh. you just need to like you can clear a room with your farts, so be careful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am going to a child's yeah. birthday party tomorrow. <laughs> this, is, this is how you keep the parents you don't want to talk to away from you. Are you, you part go. of the uh, part of the entertainment then? <laughs> this uh, man farts viciously. I'm just gonna stand like there wasabi. and I'll just stand there and talk casually, make small talk with with in laws and such. And damn, right. <laughs> Right? Wasabi peas. Yeah. They're where oh, it's at. That's really nice. I so, like that. I have, thanks. I have to admit, I'm a bit let down by these choco shrooms because they just look like pretzels covered with a penis head of chocolate. They're like pocky sticks. Yeah. That are penis shaped. Yeah. I tried to avoid repeating myself. I. They're penis pockies. <laughs> yeah. All I taste is the chocolate, to be honest. But you guys, okay, you grew up around the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Skippy Sticks? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. don't make them anymore. No, I have, I have. Oh no, I'm thinking. Of, I think I might be thinking of Dunkaroos. What were Skippy's? Things? Same thing, but they were they like were the they were pre-Dunkaroo. Dunkaroos like, were animal sh- animal shaped crackers, but they were like dunk. cracker sticks with yeah. mm-hmm. cheese. No, chocolate. Frosting. It was like okay. the size of that can of the wasabi peas, mm-hmm. and it was like a reservoir of chocolate, and then like mm. um like animal cracker style, but stick. Yeah, and Maybe you would get them, you dunk them, and I would get them at my grandma's house, and whenever we were over there, 
She probably got them at Viddlers or some bullshit like that. But you can't find them anymore. You no. cannot find them. And I, my nostalgia boner burns hard for these things. So if anybody knows where I can get Skippy Sticks, hit us up, please. I'll reach out. So our friends over at Nerd Cannon, the um, 80s and 90s media podcast, um, did a 90s candy <coughs> episode. Um, and they had some candy I didn't think had been manufactured since 1995. Really? So I'll reach out to um, Paul and Beth and see if they uh, they have a line on Skippy Sticks. I'd be forever in your debt, my friend. <laughs> I'll ask. All right, so wasabi pizza or yes? Yes. Seems like. Very good. I like, we do a, like a trail mix. We'll grab wasabi peas, mm. throw in some like sesame sticks and some like almonds and shit. Yeah. Some dry tentacles and, mm-hmm. you know. Some treacle and some more seaweed snacks. Treacle? <laughs> That's what the hipsters eat nowadays, treacle. Really? No. Are they all British? I don't know. Do, do, does, does England have hipsters? Oh, I'm sure. They invented hipsters, man. Yeah, that's true. They all talk in a weird Cockney accent. Oh, no. This is not I'm not good on these. I wonder so, if you can get your hand on the shrimp chips. I need yeah, to try let's get those. those shrimp chips out. <laughs> okay. The shrimp chips. So, I don't know what original flavor means. But let, I'm going to open it and just give it a big huff and describe the... Because, you know, when you open a bag of, like, processed food, yeah. you get, like, that powder puff of whatever it's... Can whatever I, can it I guess real quick? Yeah. It's going to smell like like uh, shrimp tails. Shrimp tails? Okay. Seems right. I'm going to guess beef on whack. I'm going to just guess <laughs> I, You know what? There needs to be more beef on whack f- flavored, flavored foods. Flavored Yeah. Agree. All right. Mm. Here we go. Patent pending. Jesus. This bag is thick. I don't want it to like explode all over your floor either. Is the problem because I could pop it. Well, the the recording it's a very uh... oh no 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 it's fishtails it's it's shrimp tails and fish it is it's honestly shrimp food but you know what we're gonna at least have one does it taste like fish food I haven't tasted one I've just smelled the bag as I opened it oh god right. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Calvi shrimp chips. I don't know what you're doing here. You have yeah, your home, just toss it in there. You right. know, if someone had a shrimp cocktail that smelled like this, I'd be like, "All right, good, let's yeah. have some shrimp." But when I open a bag of chips, that's not the smell I want to come no. out of it. The flavor is almost like Yule esque. <laughs> I hope these awful. weren't expensive. <laughs> no, everything was under five bucks. <laughs> Dear Lord, God. Oh man, actually. No, I'd have to be really drunk. <laughs> know what you need. I'd have you to need, be really drunk. We need some cocktail sauce. I was about to cocktail say, sauce, yeah, we yeah. need some cocktail Just sauce. Just ketchup man. to dip it in. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fine. We need uh, we need bison dip that's mm-hmm. flavored like cocktail sauce. Yeah. Get out yeah. of that bison. All right, Good so we're Lord. not bad. I mean, we're we're two out of three here. What well, do you guys want to do Should we start next? talking about the book and maybe do yeah. some? Yeah, we'll do, we'll, yeah. Do, we'll do the food in between. Okay. All right. Um, so, all right, we are talking about Cory Doctorow's Walk Away, which was my pick. Um, Doctor O has been a a fan, or I've been a fan of Doctor O for a while. Um, Doctor O's been a fan of you too. Oh, that's kind. <laughs> I I am, even though I was in. So during COVID, I bought his most recent book, and then he did um, a virtual book signing. So you, you signed up, you got the e ticket, you got a signed copy of the book, and then you got to be in the room with him. And I asked him a question, and he responded to my question. Damn. There was like twelve people in the room. Yeah, but I'm under no illusion that Cory Doctorow remembers me whatsoever. Not I'm at all. sure he does. But um, what was the question? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, my question was, um, how do you write a dystopian novel that has so many different ideas in it without being um, didactic? Hmm. 
And he said it was all about the characters. You have to make people care about the characters first. Yeah. Um, and then the rest can follow because they'll care about what the characters are. That's right interesting. About. I can use that in our discussion. Thank you. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. So... Walkaway uh, is set in essentially a near future. It's a near future dystopia where um, specifically Canada has kind of um, fallen apart. There's such large social inequity that the haves are called Zadas or Zada riches and uh, the have nots are like everybody else. You know, you're basically uh, fall out from the gig economy. So you're either a gig worker or you own everybody around you. And so the title comes from the decision that the main characters make, which is to literally walk away from what they call default society. So they move into northern Canada, where all these kind of like 21st century communes pop up, where everyone has a a very different sensibility. Uh, Everybody shares everything. The whole goal is to like build a society together. There's a big emphasis on like consensus and agreement and discussion before decisions are made. And then like not um, owning things yourself. And, you know, um, we'll get into more about what that means when it comes to like the the B&B and that sort of thing. But that's kind of my my general shakedown of it. Um, I've said this is our second cyberpunk. Does anybody want to like chime in with other cyberpunk experiences you had. I know, Mike, you've been big into Neil Stevenson. You graced us yeah. with him. Um, anything besides Stevenson that you like in cyberpunk or you think of? Uh, I've read William Gibson. Um, I've read a couple of his books, including Neuromancer, which is sort of like the birth of cyberpunk. That's um, on my to-be-read list for honestly, sure. Honestly, I, I liked Snow Crash better, um, mm-hmm. but Neuromancer was fine. I, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen some cyberpunk movies, uh, you know, the ones that everybody knows, uh, but... Uh, the Such genre. as the seminal 1996 work Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Actually, I have not seen that one. Is that a I only throw it out there because <laughs> it's the most ridiculous 90s take on what um, VR will be and could be. Yeah. Where um, a psychologist experiments with VR on an idiot, his lawnmower man. Right. Have you what, read the Stephen King short story that that's ostensibly based no, on? No, that is exactly based on the Stephen King Short story it is. The Stephen King story has nothing to do at all with the movie. Fantastic. Other than the fact that it's called The Lawnmower Man. Yeah. <laughs> I gathered as much because yeah. you gave me this face like, huh? Yeah. When I started talking. But you're right. The movie is kind of cyberpunk. Yeah. But the story is not. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Because like the movie is the psychologist experiments on his lawnmower man, who's a, unfortunately probably, you know, has a, a mental deficit below normal IQs. Yeah. And uh, he becomes a genius through using VR and then wants to take over the world and all the technology because he becomes power hungry because of his genius. Uploads his consciousness into the web. Yeah, he does. He's like dis before dis, which we'll get to. This might be a mega cast, gentlemen, between the food, the drinks, (laughs) and then all the ideas we have to talk about. Damn. So. Um, Yeah. No, I I was... I think I was just saying that uh, cyberpunk is mm-hmm. something I have a loose affiliation with. And mm-hmm. I, I I like the idea of cyberpunk more than I usually enjoy cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like you. I'm waiting yeah. for I, – I, I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm an unabashed fan of Snow Crash. I feel like for, for sure. me that's I'm like, there too. you know, that's that's the one. But, yeah. uh, you know, there's um... – Sean, you will come around <laughs> with reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He will listen to reason. I'm just waiting my yeah. turn. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm done. Time. It's your turn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sean? See the episode on Snow Crash for my thoughts mm. on Cyberpunk. You really should see the episode on Snow Crash, by the way. Well, you'll know exactly how I feel about this. However, I would also say see two episodes later when Sean was like, yeah. you know what? Cyberpunk and Snow Crash weren't what I 
they weren't as bad as I originally thought they were. Yeah, maybe it took, it's maybe it, it was the alcohol talking. It I don't could know. Be. It, it took some time to settle. I yeah. I did come around a little bit, but okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Mike's thing. Like the concept is interesting to me, mm-hmm. but the execution has been sorely lacking in my experience. It's like me and edibles. <laughs> it sounds like a great idea, but the execution just never works. Uh, indeed. Yeah. All right. So uh, now that we got that down, you know, if you've never, dear listener, um, heard of cyberpunk, it's basically near or far future um, dystopian, but it's heavily leaning on, you know, technology being both the savior and the crash of society. Um, And we're talking about like Internet 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, and then technologies that um, are driven off of that. So um, when we talk about walk away today, it's going to be a lot of like the maker culture, the coding culture. And uh, that's kind of why it's um, categorized as cyberpunk. Or as Neil Stevenson once said, it's the Bhagavad Gita of hacker, maker, burner, open source, Git, GNU, Wiki, 99% adjunct, <laughs> faculty, anonymous, shareware, thingverse, cyberpunk, LGBTQIA+, squatter, upcycling culture. <laughs> it's like a German word. Yeah. Just keeps going. It really is. Really <laughs> and it is. does sound like something Neil Stevenson would say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in character. All right. So, I'm which gonna, I mean in a positive way. Sure. Because I'm sure, sure Sean Stevenson. does as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to start on neutral territory then. Hey, can you pass the shrimp chips down here? <laughs> See, right? A couple couple sips in, and we're like, shrimp chips. I'm down with that. Oh, Are you sure? Yeah. We, by the way, I am not going to make this the Mighty Taco episode. You do not have to finish the shrimp chips. <laughs> what episode was that? Yeah. Go oh, that was and... early. That might have been Snow Crash. No. It was early days. It was early. It was like second or third. But it wasn't. Oh, uh, it was why not. did I ask for these? It might have been. Uh, you know what it was? I think it was Thrawn. I think it was Thrawn. Yeah. Go back and listen uh, to This Thrawn. is not an option. <laughs> yep. You will eat this Mighty Taco. <laughs> Mighty Taco is inevitable. Um, so I'll start on neutral ground then. This book has a very strong anti-capitalist bend to it. Did you like how that shaped the con, the conflict? Did you think about like that or was it off-putting to you? The anti-capitalist aspect? Yeah. Um, no, I was a big fan of that. I, I, I need to admit up front and I need to apologize to the audience and to you in particular, Adam, because this was your, your pick. Sure. Uh, I, I did not finish the book. I read That's about okay. three quarters of it. Um, and unlike the only other time this has happened in three seasons of Nerds of the Old Republic, the last time it was a protest, I yeah. refused to finish this M.K. Jemison book. I did the same thing. This time, you know, life just got in the way. Yeah. And no, I, I apologize up front, but I have read... In the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's something on the way. I have read enough of the book to be able to, uh, I think, hopefully <laughs> engage intelligently. No, I'm um, sure. But, uh, you know, the anti-capitalist thing was actually one of my favorite part of the books. I'm, I'm not... I wouldn't describe myself as an anti-capitalist, um, but I, you know, I enjoy anti-capitalist fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy that theme in my books and movies very much. And, and obviously, you know, this was very upfront in this book yeah. that that's what it was about. And, and I liked that. I did like that. That was one of the ideas in the book that I was a huge fan of. Yeah. I, that's one thing I appreciate about Dr. O is that he doesn't hide his theology. Hmm. It is what it is, and it's going to be there. So you either like it or you don't, and that's okay. It's a good way to put it. Sean, what'd you think? I don't know. I, I I think early in the text, I thought it was interesting about the protest and mm-hmm. the um, like the differentiation between the 
you know, the uber rich, the Zadas, and uh, the rest of default. But uh, I guess I don't know what it is about me. Like the pragmatic realist or something had a real hard time wrapping my mind around how that society actually continues to function in its form as described. And I couldn't quite make it work mentally. The society in Canada or in the walkaway no, society? No, just the world the way he described mm. it. And I know it's like a hyper extension of the current world and the way it really does exist. But the nature of the like ridiculously wealthy versus everybody else being not, it's hard to make that function within the confines of current society the way he tried to. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I, I found like that, like no middle ground part of it for me was sort of like difficult to get my mind into. And I know he kind of like had it there, but it was such an afterthought in my opinion that it just, it didn't quite land for me. That's always one of my concerns when I come to a Dr. Al book is, you know, I've read three of them and you can tell that like, you have to just kind of know the background of some of the ideologies and then he'll dive into others more heavily depending on the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was there to build it up and I thought like Natalie had an interesting conflict. Like she's an interesting character but also kind of a trope, right? The rich kid who doesn't want to be rich in, in a way. What are you talking about? Uh, Ice Weasel? Ah, uh, thank you. There we go. Her preferred uh, name. Her preferred, that's yeah. right, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it is, yeah, Ice Weasel. I was going to say, she goes back to Natalie when she's kidnapped again, but that's under protest that she responds to Natalie. Yeah. Because nobody except for Dis, the, you know, uploaded consciousness would know her as Ice Weasel anyways. Um, so, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. No, and actually, that is kind of my next question. What was your favorite use of technology in the book? Because this spans pretty much everything I could think of. <sighs> Mech walkers, drones, wet printers. All right. I, I'm going to get in here Go first. for it. Are we going to get a fuck you? Hmm. <laughs> Everything he brings to this text, I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uploading consciousness, the mechs, the 3D printing things. Yep. Like, it's all super awesome. But I felt like, Adam, this is, you know, I love you, man. Yeah, no, it's okay. I didn't write the book. <laughs> I, know, okay. I get that, but I felt like this thing was written by... A fucking dude who was either like super hopped up on something the whole time he was writing it Meta. or someone who had ADHD mm-hmm. because it's just like pivot, 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 pivot. like from mm-hmm. one thing to the next to the next to the next to the next to the next, the next and I'm like fuck <laughs> focus on something dude <laughs> fuck it just god it overwhelmed me we did okay, it, yeah. I got it out I got it out thank you I'm gonna do the English teacher <laughs> thing what if he was meant to overwhelm us because the future is overwhelming, man? Ah, dude, I don't give him Whoa. the meta credit on that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't give him that That's because fine. I didn't see the deliberateness in that. Okay. What I saw was somebody who had a shit ton of fucking awesome ideas that he mm-hmm. wanted to get into and should have probably wrote a trilogy of books about them. Yeah. Instead of trying to make it all work with one, what kind of turns out to be almost like a series of vignettes about a group of people yeah. that I know you mentioned earlier about the whole like caring about the characters when you asked them that question at that live thing. And I'm like, well, fuck, I didn't care about any of these people. At the end, I was like, I wanted them to fucking die. I'm like, I'm oh. done with you. I am done with you fucking assholes. I'm done with you. <laughs> all of them. All of them fucking sucked for me. Okay. I hate to say it. That's fine. I, I, 
At first, I'm We've like, never filtered ourselves on this podcast. At first, I kind of liked etc. Yeah. All right? Like, one of the main focal characters. But then it's like, it's not about him. It's yeah, about he disappears these people. for a little bit. And then it's about him again. But he's dead. But he's not. And it's like, fuck, make up your mind, man. And then it's like, Limpopo. Don't even get me started on the fucking name. But well, yeah, the name is awful, and I'm yeah. not even sure what we we're going but for. But she was an interesting character. But yeah. then again, he fucking pivots. Leaves, yeah. And it's like, is the whole thing centered around Natalie slash Ice Weasel? I didn't like her. Yeah. I never liked her. I don't I, think you're supposed to. I, yeah, I know, you know. I get that. But why make her your your like focal? Ah! <laughs> and then it's like. The other ones, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Etc. Seth? Seth? Oh, Seth. Seth was kind of an interesting character, but then it's like, oh, wait, he's black. And it's like three quarters of the book in, I'm like, yeah. well, fuck, now I gotta reinvent my entire headcanon about this character, yeah. and that's fine. I yeah. don't care that he is, but that's not how I imagine him throughout the whole book. And it's all of a sudden, yeah. it's like an afterthought, oh, but being black. Like, why would you add that mm-hmm. that far into the book? <laughs> yep. I've already formed a picture of this kid. We got no description of him for the first exactly. 300 pages. Ah, oh, I'm taking the other ones. Uh, the, like Natalie's lover there. What was her name? Gretel. 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 Who the fuck is she? I got nothing except that she's a big Icelandic chick. She's a big like Icelandic grandma who likes to fuck. Yeah, she's like, great at it. That's all I got about her, and I'm like, I don't. Really, I think that's I, okay. And that's the that's the thing ultimately. Yeah. Fascinating starting points. Mm-hmm. I love like the like the branching off ideas he has, but then it's like the follow through to me. Left me going like, well, what the fuck? Like it was like a yeah. choose your own adventure novel, but I read it straight through without actually choosing my own adventure. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's I what can, it I felt can see like. That. Or like, <clears throat> you know, as you mentioned it, that is one thing that kind of gets me is there's so much that you're expected to just know. Yes. As you read this, and it's almost like either this is the third book in a trilogy, which it's not. Right. Right. Or you have to like have read all the other like cyberpunk or doctoral works to really be with it like you have to be in the community you know, right. to know without having to think too much about it because um yeah he just he picks up stuff and and drops it pretty fast you know i'm trying to think of you know like even some terms that took me a while to remember like you know your cyber opsec when natalie is kidnapped in the middle of the book and they talk about like the air gapping of the security the safe room so that disc can get into the safe room, but not the house, because if yeah. she touches the house, then she's going to set off alarms and stuff like. That stuff didn't bother me. I thought, I mean, that that's was... just the first example that comes to mind. Yeah, but I, like there was things he brought up that you were like, oh, well, I don't know what that really is, but you can kind of like guess. You can figure it out. Yeah, you yeah. can guesstimate and kind of make it work, and that wasn't problematic. I thought that was fine. It was just the, I guess, the root of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be high praise for me, and you guys know this. I thought Stevenson looks like a fucking genius comparatively because of the, just like, the cohesiveness of the narrative. Yeah. Again, Doctor's <clears throat> ideas are fantastic. The ideas are remarkably good. Mm-hmm. But the follow through to me was like, man, it's like, he, he just like. He's chasing his tail too much. Yeah. It's like a yeah. shotgun method. Like, here's a bunch of shit. <laughs> and like, let's see what's Merch gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, that is, that is one criticism that I would agree with. You know, um, I cared about the characters in so much as I cared about how they affected society yeah, and what they well, and what that. they did for that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Like when Natalie was kidnapped in the middle of the book, mm-hmm. I didn't really. I mean, this is also my second read of it. I didn't really fear or worry about her safety because, like, I don't know, there was no tension there yeah. for me. But um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot to pick through in this whole thing. And I think like if I'm just thinking about my favorite technology, I love the idea of being able to just make whatever you want. Yeah. Like 3D printers in the extreme. That was cool. To me are fantastic. Like I want a 3D printer, but I cannot come up with a use case where I would actually get one and use it. What am I going to do? Print like little, um, you know, plastic succulent pots. Like what am I right. doing? Right. Like because you can't. But they're printing like everything useful. They're everything. Yeah. They're printing like camo um, one piece suits that let you pee in them and then discharge your pee and all this other stuff. I love that idea. It's like the replicator from Star Trek. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But it does everything in one shot, which is fantastic. But I do like how he limited it too. Like they had to wait. Uh-huh. There was time where it's like they put these, they downloaded these new things, and of course they're violating copyright, which I actually thought was a pretty cool little side note. Yeah. But then they did it, and but it took a while. They had to wait for them, and then while yeah. they were waiting, they went and had some kind of weird fuck adventure in an onsen or something, which <laughs> yeah, don't get me started there. The, the on yeah, the onsen is an, an interesting thing. But... Yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, is there a piece of technology that stands out to you that that you liked or was just you deemed ridiculous? As I have another shrimp chip. I don't know what it is about these things. <laughs> One coffee I'm in, and I'm like, all right, shrimp chips. I'm going back oh wait, to the you've pivoted. You you enjoy the shrimp chips now? I mean, only because I don't have to get near someone to talk to them. I'm sure my <laughs> breath is ridiculously bad right now. So I I yeah, uh, right? I, I felt like reading this book, um, and 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 there's there's a lot of things, you know, that I thought were you know, that I have positive thoughts about this mm-hmm. book. Um, but I, I feel like the tone of the cast has veered sharply. You do and you. Don't, no, 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 don't no, no, let no. Us. I, I, no, because there's this points. This is no crash over. There's again. points. Sorry, that, not sorry. There's points that I want to pick up on here that I do agree with. Uh, but I just, I, I just want to preface it by saying I don't have all negative thoughts about the book. Mm-hmm. It's just since this is what we're talking about, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll pick up on that thread. Yep. Um, to me, I, I got the impression reading this book. You know, I said in a previous cast about Neil Stevenson that even among his fans, there are the good books that they love, mm-hmm. and there are the books that even his most devoted fans are like, I fucking hate that book. For me, that was Termination Shock. Oh, God, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and one or two others that I did not like very much. And then there are books by him that I think are just fucking insanely great. I got the impression reading this book that this is a similar kind of author. I, I felt mm-hmm. like I don't want to not read another Cory Doctorow. Yeah. I just felt like maybe I wasn't reading the one that I was going to personally connect with. Like this wasn't my, my gateway into this author, like a bad Stevenson book, you know, yeah. uh, for me, you know what I mean? It's so subjective. It's so yeah, individual. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to put it. Actually. A, a couple of points, uh, you know, that I, that I would add to our, um, actually, let me start with this. And, and Adam, you're going to, I, I hope we're not going to come to blows over what I'm about to say. We're across a six foot <laughs> table. So I think we're okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The bell has been rung. The the experience of reading this at certain points was, oh, I don't even want to say this in front of Adam. He's going to get so mad It's okay. I didn't write the book. No, I I know, but you'll understand what I'm saying when I say it. Sure. It was not unlike the experience of reading an Ian Rand book. Mm, Where it's predominantly (laughs) ideologically driven. Are are, are we okay? Are we cool? Yeah, no, we're fine. All right. All right. But but probably the opposite of Ian Rand, right? Where politically like, speaking. Yeah, politically. Yes. Whoa, 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 politically. Whoa, whoa. Yes. Is it Ian or Ayn? I think it's Ayn, but I'm just going with Mike's pronunciation because okay. I'm the guy who fucks up every name. We're talking okay. like she wrote the... Uh... A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. I, I, had, I want, okay, right, I want yeah. to be very clear gotcha. that I am not the expert on that particular sure. author. <laughs> Neither am I. I read The Fountainhead. Full okay, stop. Yeah, I read... Uh, <clears throat> 
I read the first 250 or 300 pages of the 6,000-page Atlas Shrug. Yeah, I didn't even try. And um, for me... You know, I, and, and I read it because, uh, you know, for me, I was like, you know, that's not where I lean politically, but mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I, I, I didn't want to criticize the books without knowing what was yeah. in the books. And you're not threatened by ideas. And I'm not threatened by ideas. Yes, exactly. So uh, I, I quit reading the book, not because of the ideas, but because that's what the book was. The book mm-hmm. was ideas. Just ideas. The book yeah. was no plot yeah. at all. There were ostensibly characters. But they weren't really doing anything except talking about her political ideas. And as I read this book, um, you know, I, I felt like that at points. Like characters mm-hmm. would just start ranting to each other in ways that felt like almost copy paste from like a political screed or something like that. Yeah, or and like they a- happen to be ideas that you know I I like very much, and many yeah. of them I agree with. Yeah. You know, but in terms of just straight literary criticism, I, I felt like there wasn't a ton of narrative for me to connect to. Um, you know, I mean, it happened early on in the book where like they go to when the they rich, start walk away even before that where they well, yeah, that's where the idea is generated from when they go yeah. to the, the rich dad's house right. or whatever. Yeah. And he wakes up in the morning and, and then the, the author does this thing that authors sometime do when, uh, sometimes do when they're doing info dumps where mm-hmm. he's that's like, exact word I was thinking he's of. like, etc. comes in and, and the father and the daughter were fighting across the table. And, and it so it was just long dialogue uh, notes of, of political argument. And then he would insert something like, et cetera, went to the pantry and got carrots and hummus for them to eat to remind you that it's a scene and that there's a narrative. That there's a human there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, when, when they show up at the place with the new character girl where there's a lot of baths and showers and Lim stuff. Popo and the yeah. B&B, the belt and braces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I felt it was like a similar thing. There was so mm-hmm. much of her explaining like what they're all about and her asking questions, them like kind of pushing back like, well, wait, mm-hmm. what about this? And she's like, well, I have an answer for that. And then she would go on and on and on. Yeah. And they idolize her yeah. for having the answers. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there was, there was a lot of that for me. You know, I felt like, okay, this, this was a book where the author, you know, we said the same thing at Termination Shock. Mm-hmm. This author mm-hmm. had an idea. And he forgot to attach a story to it, you know? And so I felt a little bit like that. Um, I, I will say that my other major criticism of the book is the prose is so bad. Uh, the writing was painful in places. At in times, particular, yeah. the sex scenes. The sex oh scenes my gosh. were so horrific. You so, cring- <laughs> like Adam is cringing himself right now. So I, I feel like... I feel like he included the sex scenes and felt like he had to get like a sex scene with like every possible coupling right. that could happen, but then decided to use the precise scientific or biological name for body parts. Yeah, oh my and that God. was real. Like, I don't know, maybe I prefer my smut dirtier, but like <laughs> yeah. it felt sanitized in a way that was a little weird. Right. Even for me. Yeah, he's like, right. oh, her vulva touched the hot water. Vulva. Why did you say her pussy? Right. Yeah. Like, or his dick. Whatever yeah. word you want to use, like, vulva's not it. You know? Like, yeah. Vulva's. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, when, when these things actually happened, they were just, like, painfully clinically <laughs> described. Yeah. That's, and that was one thing I had forgotten about when I suggested the book. When I suggested the book, <laughs> I mainly thought about, like, the ideas and like the the arc of the of the plot yeah. of uploading your consciousness. And you you that's the part that resonates when you're done, which we haven't even, by the way, talked about. No, and we're we'll forty two minutes in. We'll get so there. Adam didn't yeah. realize that I was in it for the sex scenes. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, I mean, that's that, why you read Iron Rand, this, right? Uh, oh. oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that oh. woman in her vulva. Oh, she probably. Well, she was did like not. a Barbie doll. It was just smooth yeah. down there. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. 
There's nothing I can say to follow that up. No, just take a shot. I gotta take you back on that for a minute. And sure. I I have to. Some of the stuff was like overtly. He's trying really hard, and I felt like it was almost forced. Trying to <clears throat> insert this narrative of I hate to use like a bizarre term like wokeness or something, but don't. No, I don't I'm want just to. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's not. I know me. what you're saying. Like. In, in everyone, trying to be universal, right. in everyone's a way. pansexual. Everyone's this yeah. and that, and I'm like, that's not reality. Everyone's man. open to everything. That's a small minority of people who yeah. actually fit that bill for real. Like, yeah. but yeah. everybody in this book is like hooking up with everybody, yeah. no matter what their gender is. I'm like, that's not, that's not, that's not authentic to me. A little yeah. contrived. Yeah. It, yeah, it felt like he was forcing yeah. that, and I'm like, man, if you would just let these people breathe as characters and not try to make them everything at once. It would have probably been a lot more real. Yeah. But it felt like it was like I've got all these fucking ideas, and I really want people to understand this one side of things, and I'm gonna make it happen. And it's like he took ten pounds of fucking play doh and tried to mm-hmm. jam it into a five pound bag of it. So, be I'm gonna be the. I feel like dear audience, we always have one contrarian. Like so, <laughs> one of us picks the other side, and maybe it's because I picked the book or whatever. Please. So I'm gonna say. What if it's like going to college and you're like, you know what? New place, new people. I'm going to try different things one time. Mm, Seth, try something different with Tam one time or maybe multiple times. Well, I mean, that kind of fits the the whole premise of the book, the walk away thing. Yeah. It doesn't work for you. Just walk away. You know, I no, but I'm sorry. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But then there's those throwaway lines almost where it said like. Oh, et cetera. I had hooked up with guys before and girls. And it's like, yeah, and then yeah. so had Seth. And yeah, like, he everybody. had a girlfriend and he wanted both. And the same thing with all the girl characters. And it's like, all right, dude, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Maybe a couple of, a handful of them are like curious and all this and they want to do these things, but maybe they kind of settle into something. It just, right. again, it doesn't jive with reality. But I, I want to ask this question. And I, I like, I, I, I'm openly asking this question, Adam, hoping that mm-hmm. you can like, solve this for me oh, because crap. one of the biggest things I struggled <laughs> with not, yeah. not to put the pressure no, no I, I don't I literally am yeah. asking you this yeah. question um, where like for me one of the 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 best part of the book for me was the premise like what if people yeah. just were like fuck all Y'all this shit yep. that out. appeals to me I love yep. that but then for me I like you know I one of the things I struggled with is like but you know this is supposed to be like you know, post scarcity society Mm -hmm. and they're walking away from this into like, we're going to walk away and start our own thing, but they have like the replicator technology where they just make whatever the fuck they want without really having to struggle or labor for it. Well, they do have to scavenge. So like there's there's the abandoned factory, but even, even their whole attitude, because, you know, I remember like one of the parts I was reading that I was, I was scratching my head a little bit about like, they were just starting to figure out like this place that they had wandered into with the baths and showers. Oh yeah. And <laughs> the, so that would have been, um, et cetera, Seth and Natalie right. knee ice weasel. And then some, some antagonist <clears throat> who's like name. a, who's like a new old character shows up and it's like, Oh, this guy fucked up the last shit. We tried oh to yeah. Do. The guy who, who burns down the, B- yeah. like comes and like takes the B and B and he's like, this is mine. I'm going to have leaderboards. And right. Shit. So, yeah, so, yeah, so they're yeah, like, yeah, so they're yeah. like, so what are we going to do about this? And she's like, nothing. If, if he wants to take over that's cool. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll just, just build it better. Won't he just fuck it up again? And she's like, we'll just come back and fix it. And I'm like, is that really the solution that we're looking for here? Like, and that's a legit question. Yeah. Like, you know, in a world where you feel trapped by the socio-capitalist society where you are pegged in your economic location, 
for lack of a better word, and there's no mobility up, which is kind of where America has been trending. You know, social mobility is down Absolutely. in the last 20 years. Yep. Um, maybe that is the most extreme choice, but the only choice. But that's where he overcomplicates it again with the discussion between meritocracy sure. and equality. Yeah, he went way deep where that yes. Merc, not the Merc, but that guy yeah. came in oh, with his, his, name? his leaderboards. I don't remember. You know, I it, can look it up. I got he the book was such me. a stereotypical character, but then when they bring him back later and he kind of like, he starts to like come around on Limpopo's point of view, but then he dies. But the point well, is, yeah. it's, um, fuck, what was the point? I, I was going to... Leaderboards, meritocracy. <sighs> Mike, what were you saying? Uh, th- they were going to let this dude just fuck up all their shit. And then they were just like, it's cool, oh, and then we'll just come back and fix it. That was it. And that's actually something where I thought he was on to something interesting. That's new. That's different. The idea that the world is big enough, all you have to do is find something somewhere, and if somebody wants to take it from you, you don't have to fight them. You can just find more somewhere else. That's fascinating. But again, he gets trapped in this sort of like, but I want to talk about this! And yeah. I want to talk about this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and then vulvas! And it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, man, I you had me, you had yeah, me for a yeah. moment, and then it, it and then just fucking yeah. yeah. And but and I, this I, is a book that's four hundred and thirty some odd pages, everybody. So like, no, no, I'm sorry, it's almost five hundred pages. It's five ninety something. I will say though, and it's in the defense of that, I, I didn't feel the length of the book when I was reading. It. Well, that's I good. didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, I still just struggle with this idea though, because to me, it's like, you know, I love the idea of walking away. I love, I love the conflict of like the utopists having ostensibly other utopists in their midst that are really going to become problematic and are really, yeah. I mean, that, cause that gets into a human, that feels real. That's a human nature yeah. study, yes, right? Like no matter, there's no way to have a proper utopia. There's no. always going to be human nature interfering. But to me, the fact that that was their answer to that was like, man, eh, it's cool if they want to fuck it up. We'll just go somewhere yeah. else. Like I was like, yeah, I mean, is that always the answer? Is like we're yeah. just gonna now? Could that be because we live in a society where we have to pay for everything and where if I have something, you can't have it? Whereas in this society, there's enough of everything at all times, and that's just so different from our reality that the idea that we could just go three blocks down the street. So to speak, he, he does attempt to address that though. Limpopo changes. Yeah, yeah. Limpopo she, she does some in. big change. Actually. She digs in at the end and wants yeah. to fight to protect okay. what she has. So it does yeah. come around a little bit, okay. and there is some uh, like character development. But again, yeah. I feel like he left them twisting in the wind too much. Yeah. And had this been a series of books, it probably would have been, for me at least, a little bit more digestible. Yeah, there. You know what? Like this is five hundred pages, and. There's really two more books in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, easily. Yeah. It could have been, like, the walk away according to Limpopo, walk away according to etc., walk away according to Natalie, or something like that that would have been, like, I get it now. I see their individual perspectives on things and their stories. It just, again, it's, like, just a deluge of ideas. We have to get into the main idea. We do, which is uploading your consciousness. Like, the the pivotal technology that the uh, Zadas want that makes them send mercs into walkaway and that's what they're most threatened by so uh at a certain point in the book they are able to scan people's brains like they have brain scans and then bring people up as sims and part of the struggle for that is um bringing the consciousness up up, running the sim 
within parameters so that they don't go haywire and crash themselves because of the idea that they're dead, they're meat dead, yeah. as they say, but and they're only a sim, and at first only certain people can do it because of their personality traits, I suppose. Right. And then they get enough people scanned, and Ice Weasel, yeah, I cringe at that name too. The name I, of the conventions blow. Yeah. They blow. <laughs> Ice Weasel, you know what it, it Baron does? Baron Von Puddle Ducks, fuck that. Well, no, it <laughs> does kind of sound like what if you took an adult who had to take a different name, right, and was named them and named themselves? What would I pick? Okay. I don't know. Baron von Longdick Schlong? I don't know. <laughs> like, I honestly don't know. And like, if I were thrown, if I were thrown into a situation where it's like I need to reinvent my name right now in front of this person who is like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. But I mean, that's that's different. Like, in any case, you would probably about- take a, a long hot bath. Yeah. And then move into a long cold bath. Yeah. And then go take a shower. Yeah. And then, do and then all whip that. myself with scalding hot water. <laughs> and then pop your toe in someone's mouth. And and pop, pop your toe in someone's yeah. mouth. And then maybe maybe use the word vulva again. Right. 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 Just just like whispering it near the water's edge. <laughs> vulva. <laughs> I was going to do that too. <laughs> yep. That, um, by the way, that is going to be our commercial for this episode. Right there. <laughs> you and I going... Vulva. All right, right Matt, time match. <laughs> I will make sure I shot. 52 minutes in. Big, find that point. I do I do want to say that in. this was, you know, like I said, I have I have plenty of positive to say about the yeah. book. This was my favorite. Was was this aspect of the, it. So go I'm, ahead. Can I'm, you go into that? So I'm always fascinated by this idea. This, this is why I had to pull my phone out a second ago because I forgot the name of the book. But um, as I said before, there's, you know, there's fantastic... Uh, Stevenson books, and then there's mm-hmm. like less good ones. Were you thinking of um, Seven Seas or whatever it is? No, 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 no. I was thinking of uh, a book that he released about four or five years ago called Fall mm. or Dodge in Hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole premise of that book is about that. It's about like the technology we have evolving to a point where you can do that. What was really interesting about that book, not, uh, you know, not to sidetrack, but like, mm-hmm. was that the people that awoke into the new like after they died and their consciousness was uploaded is that they didn't remember who they were. They didn't remember their past oh, life. They were like being basically which is different reborn. Than this, book. this book, they wake up and they're like, Oh yeah, I remember exactly. They, and, and that's how it usually that's goes. But you know, I, I thought mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I loved, loved, loved that book mostly because of that idea. Uh, anytime I encounter that idea, the idea of the uploaded consciousness, I mean, in 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 high literary ways, yeah. right down to Futurama, like head in a jar, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I, I, which I, is how they refer to themselves. The Sims call themselves heads yes, in jars. Right, that's a good point. Right, exactly. I, I just I love that idea. I love that concept. Mm-hmm. I, I just it fascinates me. And uh, oh, sure. you know, uh, we were talking. I think Sean, you and I were talking recently about. Um, oh shoot, what's the name of that? Uh, Netflix series where they're able to uh, the rich people are able to like constantly oh, uh, re-download Altered Carbon, Altered Carbon yeah, which is a great yeah, book sure, yeah. even better even better Netflix series you know yeah, I, I, yeah. I love that idea I love that concept and for me that was the best part of the book sure. I, sure. I have to say that part was riveting to me I again my issues with the, the text notwithstanding yeah. I did thoroughly enjoy the aspects you brought in about like the existential nature of mm-hmm. becoming a sim yeah. Like that was really neat. And then he plums the depths of like, well, you can copy it and it yeah. can exist in multiple places at once. And, and there was can... multiple versions of disc running at the right. same time and disc didn't know which disc was disc. Right. And the disc was like, <laughs> was just, again, like the names, yeah. but um, just being sort of like cool with it because they were running it within these like guard rails that they kept putting mm-hmm. up so that it didn't fuck up and commit suicide as it did. 
I, she did. I, I don't know. It, whatever. Multiple yeah, times as they were trying to get it to work. And then how the one didn't get to function because he Poor couldn't. CC. And he was the one that was totally into it and then yeah. couldn't work that way. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. So like that, again, it's like the promise of the idea. The book is founded on some fucking fantastic futurism. Mm-hmm. Like it's super cool. But I felt like the execution narratively, it was like, let's go back to that comparison to 3001. Uh, exactly but <laughs> a different totally different kind of book yeah but the same problem the narrative is secondary to the idea mm-hmm. and where arthur c Clarke to me was a little bit more uh interesting with just his execution of the idea than i thought um doctoral was i feel like the ideas are are even like more intriguing to me that doctor comes up with and and, and brings into this text so mm-hmm. this yeah. transhumanist consciousness upload i found myself like after i got done putting the book down after a reading there going like wow you know how would i feel would i want myself to be uploaded would i would i actually think of that as immortality and and i kind of settled on this idea like no i don't want it Mm -hmm. i don't want it and i i just feel like it's it's not me it just isn't who i am it's something else and I think that's an interesting question that he puts forth. I really like yeah. that part of this yeah. book. Yeah, I spend. You know, it's the Theseus's ship yes. idea. Yes. When something is rebuilt so many times, is it still the original thing? And they even go into in the uh, um, in Walkaway, like, would you, you know, if you got the flu, would you upload your consciousness and just be meat dead for a little bit until your flu was gone, or would you? upload your consciousness and then distill, they use the word distill yourself back into a, another version of you to avoid the flu. Like, you know, I don't think I would do that because I can't fathom being invincible in that way and still feeling human. Right. But then there's the whole, like, uh, there's the whole epilogue at the end where they talk about how society has changed when everyone just is a consciousness and what that means for reproduction and when you see people again and how that works, mm-hmm. um, that I find intriguing. And I think the way he addressed how the rich people would want it so badly that they would go to kill people and go to kidnap people, that feels right to me. Yeah. I wish that there was a little less, little less didacticism involved around that, a little less explaining. It's almost like Dr. O realized that not everyone has read all of the theses that he's building his worlds upon. Yeah. And you have to like, backfill some of that for some people but at the same time you need to move the plot forward um i thought it was you're bringing that up too the interesting thing about limpopo being both digital and real mm -hmm. at the end and then etc being only digital yeah the choices that they make like you can have either way yeah and how like it goes in two directions and i'm like now it's getting like like fucking like the garden of infinite paths and it's like Mm. wow at this point again He's got this incredible idea with not enough bandwidth in this book to really explore it. And yeah. that was disappointing because it's like, wow, this is a great idea. But it becomes it becomes an afterthought again. Yeah. 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 So I, I feel like the greatest compliment that I can pay this book is that we've been talking about these ideas for like 30 minutes now, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I feel like yeah. we could just keep going. Yeah. You know, on the idea. There, there's so much. It's, yeah. you know, we're at an hour. Right. And Shit. granted. Yeah, granted. Yeah, sorry about that, Sean, the editor. 
Um, no, granted, about 25 minutes of that is food and drink. Talk. I can cut 80% of Adam out of this thing. <laughs> That's how I feel about most things, basically. So. Oh, oh, come on. Sean's got a filter where he just finds my, my waveform <laughs> and he just like <laughs> takes the timestamp where I'm existing and like cuts me to 30%. Oh, audience, you have no idea. No, no. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel very much the same way. Like there are so many ideas here. We haven't even talked about like the resolution to the, the main conflict which is, you know, the doxing of the soldiers and their families mm. responding to them in real time and what they're doing, or the mercs, I guess they would be. Yeah. But honestly, we just don't have time for it unless no. we're going to make this two casts, which and we hadn't planned for. All the awkward sex and, yeah. like, just the stuff that, like, Vulva. is supposed to be tantalizing. <laughs> it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Like, like, like all right, real quick, like, where, <clears throat> sure. where Natalie has, or Ice Weasel has, like, a <clears throat> romantic encounter with the merc that, like, breaks her out of her dad's yeah prison and the it's one like, that has like the sharp teeth yeah yeah but then she's also like still in love it's just it was weird it was just weird and like they mm -hmm. maintain the like thing and i get it i get it again you're you're talking Is about too much free love not social norm it's yeah. different but again it just it just felt a little too forced for me it was the pros mm -hmm. yeah the, i mean yeah. like yeah. i mean i, I I didn't read that one that you're talking about. I didn't get that far, but like uh, the one I'm thinking of is, is early on in the book where uh, it, Limpopo, that's her name yeah. and, and fucking et cetera, have sex. Mm -hmm. And it goes on for like four pages after, a, yeah. after like 10 pages of setup where it's like, yeah, they, they were naked, but it was cool. It wasn't sexual. They were, they were just, just standing in the onsen. There's and no the, sex in the onsen. Literally the first yeah. time you read that, you're like, okay, so it's obviously sexual and they're going to have sex. That That's clearly telegraphed. Yeah. And then he says it like 18 more times. Like, she thought he had a cute ass, but like, it wasn't sexual. They were just yeah. naked. Uh, everyone's got bodies. <laughs> yeah, I think is what, and so then, of course, they start having sex and it was just like the pros was so awful. It was yeah. like, he fucking stuck his toe in her mouth and, and he kept saying they hadn't kissed yet like yeah he said that multiple times yeah. he did he's put his toe in her mouth and they hadn't even kissed yet and i'm like that's not sexy yeah <laughs> and you know what it's it's interesting because like dr o being such an intellectual it is like that's how he writes the sex scenes yeah, yeah. for intellectuals <laughs> apparently i'm not smart enough to pop my toe in someone's mouth <laughs> but i wouldn't recommend you know, it no I wouldn't my wife it. would not appreciate but that. what i mean here's what i mean about the pros is i am not I'm I'm quoting him. Sure. He used the yeah. word popped. Yeah. He popped a toe in her mouth. Yeah. That is horrific writing. Yeah. Like, that is so bad. Cuddle yeah, the cuddle puddle bothered me a little bit. Although I did use it on an accident too, in real life one time. I literally too cutesy, too cutesy. Yeah. yeah, I literally when I read Cuddle Puddle, I literally closed the book for a minute. I had to compose <laughs> myself. It did feel very collegiate in a way, like you know, college freshman, where you're like, okay, now I can I can be around other human beings and no one's like judging my yeah. interactions with them in a way. In yeah, that way, I get that. I get right? that. Right, and again, maybe that's part of like the joy of going to a place where no one knows you and you can reinvent yourself vis-a-vis yeah. -vis college. But yeah, yeah as pros. That wasn't some of the strongest stuff. Mm -mm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So, well, we're gonna we're at recommendation time, gents, and mm. I'm gonna say yes. I I, I think I'd be that was obvious. If you didn't. This was the book I picked and <laughs> yeah. read it a second time, and I'm like, fuck no, no. Like I'm gonna say yes, <laughs> but expect it to be a cerebral read instead of like a page turner. Mm. You know, this is more. I like how you compared it to three thousand and one. Even though we didn't like 3001. Hey, 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 wait a second. I mean, <laughs> mm, you shouldn't have. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Ouch. I'm just kidding. No, it's uh, true. Arthur C. Clarke. Um, <laughs> He's dead. You know, in that, true. <laughs> He's meat dead. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. And 
in a way, like there's a lot here to think about. Yeah. If nothing yeah. else, like you right. said, we've spent an hour and we could go for another two if we yeah. wanted to. So that's where I'm at. And my recommendation is going to be, you know, you mentioned Arthur C. Clarke, the same recommendation I gave for Arthur C. Clarke for this one. I'm going to say like from reading this, my sense was yes on the author. And I would like to continue to investigate this author. I'm I'm going to say, don't start with this book. I'm going to yeah. say like, maybe work up to this book. Um, I, I feel like there's, and I don't know, and you're probably a better judge of this mm-hmm. uh, than I am, but I, my sense is that there's maybe a better entry point, um, yeah. for, for someone like me, uh, this, this was like diving like into the deep end of Doctoro. And, uh, I, I, I understand that this is one of his later books. Yeah. Um, this is 2017. And I, and I think I, I think I read that he had actually been working on young adult fiction for a while. This was his yes. return to the adult fiction. Yeah. Realm. So, I mean, for me, the the thought that I had as I was reading was like, I I feel like I need to pick up one of his earlier books, yeah, and, and maybe start there. So that's going to be my recommendation. Yes, on the author, mm-hmm. maybe don't start with this particular book. Sure, Sean. Yeah, I um, how to parse this? I don't think I would read this again for sure. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I I like the ideas. If you're really dead set on just like futuristic ideas and you like exploring those things, and this could be something you might really be fascinated in, but do not expect a really riveting read it's more of like if you want to explore the philosophy of some technology that's cool i'm going to need a really firm upgrade on dr o's work to say read more dr o Mm -hmm. and i'm going to rely on you on that one because i am not familiar with his work i know you chose this one because it's more recent yeah but um and it was as mike said it was his return to adult fiction yeah so like i had not read little brother slash homeland which is a collection of two little sorry not little young uh no ya i guess mm. young adult fiction um set in near future okay. america um i haven't read that i read radicalized as well which was a collection of four short stories but i almost felt like those were more cerebral mm. like one of them was literally about how in the future you don't own any of the things you actually have in your house. So like the, you couldn't have a toaster and use whatever bread you want. You had to use the bread that went with the toaster. Well, maybe that would be better. It like, could. For my mind, yeah. maybe not trying to split it. Maybe trying to just go all in on one side or the other gotcha. and I'd be more into it. So I'm going to go with a soft no. Sure. He was trying to walk too much of the, like the thriller ideological line. Just yes. go ideological. I'm going to say it this way, guys. Look, I wanted to walk away. <laughs> oh, that's okay. but i that's finished wrong. it yeah i did yeah. finish it and i have to say again the ideas were inspiring the read for me it was too scattered mm-hmm. I, I need a little more focus in my prose and i think um i would like to see something from dr o that doesn't quite try to walk too many paths yeah. sure and this does try like, to walk like what 100 years or some crazy yeah. ass shit like that in 500 pages and right. a lot of philosophy in there so yeah i get that we're we're a split bag here yeah we're we're one of everything. Yeah, I'm a I'm a yes. Uh, Mike say yes, but something else, and Sean's a meh. A soft no. Soft no. <laughs> soft sure. no. There you go. With caveats, of course. Take yeah. that as you will, nerds. Yeah. Take it as you will. We gotta we gotta keep it spicy. Like yeah. these wasabi flavored peas. Oh yeah, <laughs> which are almost gone, right? What are we halfway through? No, we're well, maybe, maybe two thirds. There's like a there's pound and a half left. there, though. Yeah. Oh, pass it around. We'll all take a gulp. Yeah. I'm the only one who's <laughs> eating the shrimp chips. Maybe because they're open and near me. But you know, <laughs> my recommendation on the shrimp chips is a hard no. Yeah, I'll, uh, the coffee I'm drinking with a hard yes. Yeah, coffee all day. And writer's tears, great. 
yeah. whiskey. Dude, great whiskey. Yeah, that great was job. good. Yeah. So if you're not willing to commit to a book that we were all kind of like, huh, maybe <laughs> consider uh, watching the aforementioned Akira and uh, be ready to join the conversation on Twitter and YouTube. That's kind of where we're mainly at now. Um, Instagram I've kind of abandoned because there wasn't really much happening there except for other podcasts giving me the heart. And that was about <laughs> it. So, uh, you know, look out for our next episode, which is Akira. You can stream that on Hulu currently. Um, plus, you can always get the DVD from your local library or Indeed. just buy it, uh, whatever you prefer. But we'll see you next time for Neo Tokyo and Akira. Stay nerdy, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.